I'm Trudy Kerr and welcome to The Interviewer. Each week, I will be talking to artists, campaigners, politicians, businessmen and women, musicians, performers, and the people that shape and influence the fabric of our society. Now, this is part of a two-piece feature on M-Team and Matthew James. And in this interview, I will be speaking to Matthew James, original frontman, writer and singer of Red Electric, who in 2019 broke away from one of Malta's favourite bands and pursued a solo career. Or at least that was the case until Matt started collaborating with some of the best bands and artists in Malta. Welcome, Matt. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And thanks for the introduction. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) You're very, very welcome. Uh, Well, listen, we're going to be touching on a whole uh, number of topics uh, and finding out how music has been for you this year. But before we get there, let me ask a general question about 2020. How has this year of unprecedented global challenges treated you? <laughs> um, I mean, initially, the, the whole situation, the, the first time I heard about COVID-19 was, um, I, I thought it was like an, an inflated piece of news. Like, you know, okay, like Facebook nowadays, everything's a, a big deal. And then, like, stuff got real, you know? And as an artist, me, me and my friends, like, one of the main sources of our income is live gigs, mm. and that that was like a, that was a no go. So we had to like reinvent um, what we do, um, how we do it. Th- thankfully, um, technology helped a lot. It was a big part of of what kept us going because we could do productions um, like everyone's at, at at his own place. Um, everyone doing their thing, and then we send files to each other, produce together, so that saved us, if, if it weren't. Well, we're going to come to that. We're going to come to the music, because you're one of the few people I know in your industry that has really made the most of 2020. But before we get there, I mean, you mentioned right from the outset, you know, we saw this uh, coming out as the news that there was this... Uh, originally, we weren't calling it a pandemic. We were calling it a virus. Exactly. Uh, and nobody knew that it was going to affect every single living being on the planet. That's right. <laughs> um, and, and rightly so, as you said, we just kind of thought it was, it was nothing. But outside of your industry, how has it also affected you? How have you? I mean, you must have had plans for this year. You must have had dreams for this year. And, and uh, you know, maybe that's, that's changed as well. Uh-huh. I mean... When when it comes to staying at home, um, I'm good at it. Like I, I like I like the solitude. Um, I just go into my studio and write. And this has been your year. That's mainly why why I've released so so many projects this year. Because literally staying at the studio is is my favorite thing in the world. Um, but yes, I mean plans plans are still. The plans I had were st- still had to do with with the industry, so I was going to release my album this year, but I, I couldn't because I had plans to do a concert, you know, yeah. and make a big thing out of it as much as possible. Um, but as as I said, we had we had to adapt. Well, let, we're going to talk about that in just a second, but uh, I just want to 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 push you on this point. Um, only in the last few days and weeks, I've been reading artists like, for instance, Wayne Camilleri speaking out about their struggle professionally this year. You talked about not being able to play Mm -hmm. live, and of Mm -hmm. course, we can't. Now, Malta has evolved 
over the past 10 years. 10 years ago, there was only a handful of bands, artists and producers that depended on music for their living. You know, a lot of people did it as a part-time. Since then, the music scene and performing arts have seemed to have thrived and brought great value to the Maltese Islands, both creatively, but also commercially, because Malta has also been a, a source of revenue for the tourism and so on, largely right. due That's to right. the fact that the music industry, the performing arts industry has exploded. Now, Wayne mentioned that uh, in brief, he feels that artists and people in this industry have been overlooked uh, and undervalued during the pandemic because of its effects. I mean, would you agree with that? Are mm. you seeing that that's the case? I, I mean, there, there wasn't zero help. There, there, there was some fi financial help um, throughout the months. Um, but the, the biggest problem uh, most of the time is, I think, a lack of education towards the arts um, in Malta. We, we see even like... Um, oh, it's a concert, so it's bad, you know? So the people are going to get infected. No, that, as, as there are like measures for a restaurant to keep going, um, there are measures for performances to keep going. But I think there's a bit of an imbalance with like um, where the procedures should be taken and where the procedures like, you know, let's close an eye. Let's keep going. <laughs> oh, absolutely, because there are some, some things that... There are industries and industries, you know. So, bearing that in mind, would just in brief, do you think that you guys, that the, the, the performing arts uh, and, and music industry has had enough support? I, I think it has never had enough support, not, to, not only in, during this time. Um, arts isn't a priority in Malta. Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I wanted to ask you if, if we have in 2020, I'm playing devil's advocate, but if we have in 2020 learned to live without not just the big music events like I Love MTV or, you know, some of those bigger, bigger, big, for instance, the beer festival, these sorts of things, if we learned to live without those alongside bands playing and launching albums, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, how important is it? I mean, how important are the arts? Why do, you know, the music industry, why, why do we need that in Malta if we can live without it? We, we, can, we can live without the concerts, but we can't live without music, I think. Um, people still listen to music daily, Spotify, YouTube, you know. Um, but the, th the thing is, especially nowadays, it's so easy to access that people don't appreciate the hours that go through, uh, the, the hours that, that are put into a three-minute song, you know? So it's like, we uh, uh, process you know, it's a great mm. song, mm. Um, <laughs> you know, and you've had spent the last three months fixating on the snare sound, you know. Um, so I think, as, as I said before, it's, it's a, an, an educational problem. Um, if in pre-grade we, we just give them, uh, we just give a, a three-year-old a shaker, it's already something good because... Toddlers, you know, they, 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 they're, they're developing their motor skills, you know, and, and it can be integrated within the curriculum easily, easily. Well, forgive me for being a bit naive on this, but I, you know, I'm, I'm English. I, I've been in Malta for 15 years, but I grew up with a, an, an English education and we did have music as a lesson every week mm -hmm, until mm -hmm. I was about 13 or 14 years old. Now, I'm assuming from what you're saying that that's not the case here in Malta. Um, from, from my experience, I mean, I had private tuition with, with music theory. Um, but at school, we never had such a thing. Um, we had 
drama and art, like drawing and clay modeling and stuff like that. But that was like two two lessons a week, maybe, and half the semester was drama, half the semester was art. Um, wow. Exactly. So, I mean, and then you have maths. Okay, I mean, maths is important for everything, even music. You know? Although you say that, I'm just going to point out, I've never, ever used long division or algebra. I don't know anybody on the planet who's but, ever used long division and algebra. without knowing, I mean, maths goes, gets into everything. Um, but you, you see the... the, the the imbalance, like like even when we were in Form 3 and we chose the the primary subjects like sciences and stuff like that, we had loads of lessons on science and science and science. And then, you know, me b- being more on the artistic side, I used to like be dying for Wednesdays when we had the drama or art lesson, you know. And I, t- I don't think it should be that way. I mean, I'm not even saying it should be 50-50 because the academic part of education is very important, granted. Um, but we're, we're, we're a long way for, for arts. It's, and is this something that's, that is uh, culturally Maltese? Would you say that this is... Because certainly, as I said, I grew up in a different uh, uh, education system and arts, uh, art, um, woodwork, plastics, mm-hmm, metalwork, mm-hmm. home economics, you know, uh, creating, creating, uh, and then music. And, all, and these were such an integral part of the syllabus. And from what you're saying, again, you're saying that that's not a case. Is this a Maltese thing? And you go back to what you said right at the very beginning, that you don't think that the arts are necessarily appreciated in Malta. Um, yes, I think, I think it's, it's, it's safe to say that they're not appreciated as much as they should be. Okay. As much as they should be. And has this cha- But has this changed over the last... Ten, five. I mean, there, there are entities which um, which do great work, like Spazio Creatif, um, even even individuals, um, self-funding bands um, with with no sponsors, create incredible work as well, and and try to create new concepts, especially nowadays. Um, but but in general, um, like the general population, doesn't doesn't really invest. Um, their their time to like for example discover new music okay maybe uh, as a musician it comes naturally to me to not if if I heard like Billie Eilish's bad guy I'm not just going to like say oh I like Billie Eilish and that's the only song I know from Billie Eilish I'm going to find her album I'm going to study what she, what she did you know I'm not expecting that but at least show some interest don't 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 just um, like uh, absorb what you what spoon fed to you you know but but isn't that our culture isn't that the culture whereby we are spoon fed and we have uh, you know if anything is beyond easy access if anything is not readily available to us if we have to invest a lot of mm-hmm, us mm-hmm. as in a lot of society won't because we have invariably we become lazy i can remember the day and i'm going to give away my age <laughs> where we were recording uh, albums and your favorite song off an off a vinyl of course, of onto course. a tape onto an a track and then that would be what you'd play in your bedroom. And that took time to invest because uh-huh, invariably uh-huh. you'd be recording the wrong song. Or... But, but that development should, should inspire us to become better, not to become lazier. <laughs> I agree, but that may not be the result. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm afraid. I've, I've watched, I'm not sure if you watched um, Owen Wilson's brother. I always forget his name. He has this film, uh, Idiocracy. Yes. And it's a brilliant, I mean, it, it came out, I think, in, in the early 2000s or late 90s. And 
And the, the concept is brilliant. Like, you have this guy who's, by mistake, the government throws him for 500 years. Yes. He wakes up in the future, and he takes an IQ test, and it, he beca- like he becomes the most intelligent person on Earth. Why? Because people got lazier, lazier, la- lazier, and it was like the dumbing of, of, of society in general, you know? Everywhere, like, outside is full of trash and land- landfills, you know? It was horrible. And I, I'm so scared of that dystopia coming through. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I absolutely, I think that's a, a brilliant analogy. Listen, we're coming back to the, the creative arts and we're talking about live music and, and, and you know, uh, this year has been devastating for so many industries, um, whether you're in the hospitality industry, maybe you're a restaurant owner, maybe you're a, a bar owner. So many people have felt the impact, not just, obviously, not just uh, the music industry and the creative arts. Tell me, do you think, and we were used to, going back one, last year in 2019, we had an epic number of large music events as well as smaller music events as well. And we're talking about huge events that people are flying into the islands for to come and enjoy, whether it be Isle of MTV, whether it be, um, uh, you know, massive Joseph Calais concerts, or whether it be the smaller concerts, whether it be, you know, 10 days of beer festival. Mm -hmm. Do do you think that we will recover and get back to that point? Um, Later on next year, maybe. Um, But not, not in the very near future. Not in the near future. And 2021, beginning 2022. So we're quite a Hopefully, away from that. Hopefully, because that's the year I get married. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, quick, we've got to get everything right. Well, listen, that brings me on to um, most artists and bands have been say, stating uh, this year how much they miss live performance. And in actual fact, when I've interviewed before, uh, you before, uh, you've said exactly the same mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Being on stage is what you miss the most. Is that still the case? Definitely. It's even worse. Because? Even worse. I think, I think like every musician, his first performance after COVID, he's going to give the best show he's ever like. <laughs> I'm going to all of them then, I'm telling you. Because, um, because why? Isn't it? I mean, you, you've been at home, you've been creating. Why, why not? You know, why is, why is the, the being on stage such a big mm-hmm. deal? Um, there's the creative side of it and there's the performing side of it. When, when you perform what you create, it's, there's a certain magic to it. Like whenever I'm performing in front of, in front of a crowd, I, I remember the moment I was writing the song in, in my studio and there's a certain... <sighs> I'm going to use magic for the less for for the lack of a less creative word, <laughs> but there's a certain magic that happens from just receiving the idea, the initial idea of the song. I say receiving because, okay, you look for them, but some melodies you receive from some other dimension in the universe. I I can't explain it, but some songs just Wowzers. happen like that. Um, so you're, the moment you receive it, at, till the moment that. You're singing to people and even maybe the people um, have been hearing it and they know the lyrics. It's, it's, it's something magical I, that, that I can't explain. That must be a massive trip. That must be a massive, for want of a better word, ego trip that mu- and ride. That, that must be more huge. More than an ego trip. It's, it's more of a connection trip because it's, it's like a thought and it's become words coming out from some other person. You know, it's there's a certain bridge. I, I that's why I said magic is is a word like that I use for a less 
for, because of lack of a, of, of a better word. Does it get addictive? Yes, yes, definitely. And, and the thing is, um, before every performance, I feel like I'm going to die with anxiety. After the performance, it's like the adrenaline rush you have, and, and that is the addictive thing, the adrenaline. You get addicted to a, the, the adrenaline rush. So a summer would, an ideal summer or a ideal year would be as performing a, a, as live as often as possible, or, or do you have yes, to... Yes, obviously not burning out yourself, because that's never good. Um, and as, especially if, if you're playing the same set over and over again, um, that, that's the luxury we have in Malta. Because we have small crowds, we always have to keep our sets fresh because you end up playing in front of the same people. Uh, let me explain better. Like a band who's touring Europe ca can use the same set list for the whole tour because he's touring in Germany, France, Italy, you know, always new people. You have the diehard fans who go to, to every show, obviously. Um, but there's that. It, in Malta, you can't do that because most of the time, you're playing in front of the same people. Mm -hmm. So you have to always keep it fresh. Well, later on, I'm going to come to that question about uh, playing in Malta versus playing, uh, you know, to, to, to audiences further afield. Uh, when we talk with the M team a little bit later on, I'm going cool, to talk cool. about that. So before we talk about what you've been up to this year and even 2019, to put this in perspective, uh, we all know of you, of course, as the frontman originally for Red Electric. Uh, now, at the end of 2018, Red Electric was the band in Malta. If you ask for a band name, it was Red Electric. Um, you know, what led that decision to leave? And, and have you ever regretted doing that? Um, no, I haven't. I've never regretted it. Um, I, I think every part of life shapes you into what you are now um and i mean red electric I've, I've i've learned so much from from the experiences the great experiences we had together um and it it was a brilliant decade and part part of my life so no never i'd never <laughs> brilliant and so no regrets for leaving but no regrets for being in it in the first exactly, place exactly exactly okay. so then in 2018 end of 2018 uh you went at beginning of 2018 you exactly. went solo only you started off going solo and of course you've had some amazing tracks as a solo artist uh, but then you released uh, some tracks that you've collaborated with, with some of the biggest names on the Malta music scene. So, for instance, Ray, uh, we've had Ira Losco just in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then, of course, frontlining for the Busker's first single after Dario left uh, as their, and, and, and acting as their temporary frontman. And of course, then this incredible collaboration with Mickey Margot, Kajin, and Mr. <laughs> M under M Team, which has proved to be stunningly successful, uh, and most of which has happened right in the middle of COVID. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So is this a trend for Matthew James? Is, are we going to be seeing you doing more collaborations or more solo singles? And which is the most satisfying? Um, the M team has given me a certain freedom that I that I didn't have in my in my solo project. With with my solo project, um, I try I try to write certain certain types of songs, certain types of messages. You know, there, there's there's a certain style. Um, however, I'm like I I listen to every kind of music, and 
Give me an that, example. If, you, if you're at home, you, you obviously listen to music a lot. If you're at home, what have you got on your playlist? Okay, the last three LPs I bought were um, Alan Parsons Project. Okay. Uh, Stevie Wonder. Wow. And Bob Marley. Okay, so you've got some retro sounds going on there. Exactly. Um, I mean, but coming here, um, I was listening to Billie Eilish, you know? So it's... I love the Pesh Mode. Excellent. And then I love the Eagles. Wow. So um, as as a creator, as a songwriter, I'd I'd like to, like, before I die, write as many styles as possible, you know? (laughs) I I know it's... it's, But but that will kill your solo solo act, you know? Because people will say, what's he doing? Where is he going with this? Um, With M-Team... There's a certain there's a certain freedom that we have, and I think it's it's one of the reasons why it's so su- so successful, because there, there's there's a, a free spirit. Like I I compare it with bands like Wolfpack. You know, when when you watch them in a studio, they're having so much fun, and and that is that is the reason why we did music in the first place when we were 16 years old and we got the first electric guitar in our hands because we wanted to rock ourselves in a garage till 12 at night, you know? It's the reason why I failed um, education at university. <laughs> but, but, you know, so that's our story. <laughs> but listen, we're going to talk to the rest of the team uh, and uh, find out their input into that. But, but bear in mind uh, that the first single, 1991, came out without you even sitting in the same studio. Exactly. We just met once, the first time. So how, how's that magic happen um it's it's a it's a kind of man <laughs> it's it's a new and kind Matthew of James <laughs> goes right ahead there and sings some queen for us thank you it's uh it's a new kind of um production process that we're experiencing at, at, at this year um we've done it before i mean and and not like we're, we're not the pioneers of it um but as I said before, technology has made it possible to like for, for four producers to be in four different studios and produce together. Uh, the the reason why we met once, and I think it was important to meet once, because we wanted to discuss like the direction and what what we wanted to create. And when we met, also, aha, we we also met the first time because COVID wasn't a thing yet. Um, it, COVID happened between the first time we met and the second time we had to meet, <laughs> you know. Um, so th- we, we got a concept, we wanted to, ma- to make a party song and then COVID happened and we were like, but is a party song going to work now because we can't play it in clubs? Like it's not going to market, marketing wise, it doesn't make sense. The whole world changed. You know, uh, but we we're like, oh, yeah, no, we started it, let's finish it, <laughs> you know. Um, and it, it, it was like this pause the parcel um, process, like Mickey Margo creates a loop, he sends it to me, I do some vocals, I sent it to Miguel, Miguel passes the MIDI information through, through his um, prophets and, and Roland Junos, you know. Um, Kujin um, li- listens to the whole thing and, and Kujin has this great thing of knowing what hooks will work for people. It, like it, he's he's a library of these things like and and he knows are like look kate perry in that song does this this and this kind of can we p- try and do a similar version over here um so it's it's like a, a witch putting ingredients in the 
And the Boromar. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about when we sit down with uh, M Team next, we're going to talk about uh, that formula and how that worked and disseminate that a little bit and go into that. Um, but of course, going back to what I was saying before about your collaborations, it hasn't just been M Team. You've also, exactly, you've exactly. also collaborated with Ray with a really powerful track uh, with Era just in the last couple of weeks. And, and of course, as I said, you know, covering uh, the vocals with Busker, frontmanning the Busker uh, in their absence of. Uh, of Dario, um, what? Ha- and then, of course, you have your whole portfolio of y- your solo projects. What's been the project, the song this year that has really just put the biggest smile on your face and made you feel re- really whole as an artist? Um, that that is always the last song I'll be working on. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm always the most excited about my my latest track that I'm writing, um, or but, about but, to release. But Matt, but Matt that's <laughs> like having you know a dozen children and saying that the only one I know, that counts that was my favorite. I is know, the I know. Um, but um, I think what what we released today, um, "Love," is the song that puts the biggest smile on my face artistically. I mean, it's a song that we like production mastering the video as well we had we had great help from from Ricky Bujaya a huge shout out to him for filming the band shots and helping us with the editing and the coloring of the video i think as a project it is it is the project that gives me like the most full fulfillment and not just because it's your most recent it could be <laughs> it could be i mean i'm too biased to say um but it has it has like a a good vibe feeling to it. We've had that release today. It is a fantastic, amazing, and fabulous, fabulous song. Is this what we're going to be expecting more of from Matthew James next year? What's the? I mean, you must be thinking right now, 2021. We're starting to see movement out of the coronavirus situation, and whilst we're still a long way off, as you said, we're still a long way off from returning to any kind of normality. If we do return to normality. So has that changed your goals? Have, are you seeing 2021 as, diff, as a different um, pastor, as a different platform mm-hmm. than you had before? Um, I, I think these times are, are so unpredictable that the past six months I've learned to live day by day, literally. Um, I mean, obviously, not, not planning for the future. Um, but I mean... Pl- planning planning shows and and booking dates is is quite futile at at the moment so 
I'll keep pushing on writing because that can always keep going. Um, also, I'd like to, um, in 2021, I'd like to explore the foreign market as well. Um, so that even as especially collaborations with 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 foreign artists um it, it would be a cool a cool thing well listen we're going to come back full circle to something you said right at the very beginning uh, which was uh, we talked about um uh, listeners becoming lazy and uh, being spoon-fed music and of course uh we also have these these TV shows that have been coming out, um, Malta's Got Talent, uh, you know, these sorts of things. And again, I my fear is that that <laughs> produces lazy artists. Artists think they can get on a stage and, and in, all of a sudden they're going to be spoon-fed uh, a career without having to go through the whole process. What, what's your hopes for the music uh -huh. industry I, and, and young musicians coming through now? I mean... It's it's not a problem to to be given a great career without going through the hard work. If you're good and you deserve it, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. What maybe the artist would suffer is he wouldn't have built that tough skin, you know, that you need for the music industry. Um, I mean, it's good to be rejected. It's good to, like, you know, be be cheated, Um it 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 makes you wiser, um, and it also gives you gives you newer perspectives on songwriting as well. It 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 gives new flavors over there as well. <laughs> I'm going to listen to your lyrics all over <laughs> again with a new uh, light. Um, what worries me about about shows shows like talent shows like these is um, as I was saying before, the lack of education that that the audience has. Um, when I say this, I mean not being able to differentiate between a talent that takes 10,000 hours to master and a talent that if I slipped in the bathroom and fell funnily, maybe I would produce the same noise, you know? <laughs> There is a difference. I'm going to worry about you now, Matt. I'm really going to worry about you. I'm going to be like, the dude just no having baths in the, you know, anything like that. Listen, thank you so much for your time. Next up, we're going to be talking to you as part of the M team, which is what we mentioned cool. before. But thank you for now from the interviewer. Thank you so much, Matthew James. Thank you, Susie.